ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. This is the NT Country Hour on ABC Radio Darwin and the Northern Territory. G'day there, my name is Dan Fitzgerald. Thanks a lot for joining me for this shortened version of the Country Hour. We'll take you back to the Sydney test between Australia and Pakistan in about 30 minutes' time. Before that, there's been a bit of a rare occurrence for this time of the year out in Kakadu. Cahill's Crossing has reopened. Well, unusual event for January. Um, they've unlocked the gates and we're now driving across the East Alligator River. We've had a break in the traffic, a break in the weather. It's been uh, a reasonable start, October, November, not too bad. Pretty patchy, but right now, uh, sun's out, not a cloud in the sky. So, Yeah, the wet season hasn't really delivered, especially for the East Alligator River. Where are the storms at? We will be checking in with the Weather Bureau at about 11.30, so stick around for that. And we'll also today take a quick look across the border at how the mango season is shaping up in WA's Carnarvon region. In December we got, early December we got a four day period of over uh, up around the 42, 43 degrees and on two of those days, five o'clock in the afternoon it was still 42 degrees out here we lost a significant amount of fruit. Yeah, plenty to come on today's shortened version of the Country Hour. But first up today we've got some big news for the Darwin region the operator of the lithium mine near Bino Harbour has today today announced it will suspend mining. So just before Christmas, Core Lithium announced it was reviewing its operations after the price of spodumene concentrate sharply declined over the last few months. And the company has announced to the ASX today that that review identified a range of actions, including temporarily shutting down its mining at the open pit at Grants. Of course, back in December, the company also decided it would suspend work on its new underground mine just next door to Grants, and now it will shut down mining altogether. I spoke with Corlysium's Chief Executive, Gareth Manderson, a short time ago. Look, um, I guess the first thing I'd like to say, uh, Daniel, is that um, the team at Finnis have done an excellent job in terms of getting the operation up and running and running well. We've seen some some really good results uh, from the mining team, the processing team, the crushing team. They've done a very good job uh, in that space. And this decision has no bearing whatsoever on, on the performance on site. In fact, I'm really pleased with the, with the team and couldn't be more proud of the, uh, the way they've got control of all the various different issues. In fact, um, you know, as people in the Territory know, we had a pretty heavy wet uh, period during November on a on an average kind of basis, and the, and the team didn't skip a beat. So uh, they've done a great job there. The reality is that the the market uh, price for spodumene concentrate has dropped um, 80 85 percent in the last twelve months, and the majority of that has actually been in the last three. So since the end of October, spodumene's dropped by about fifty percent. That um, is uh, is, a, is a challenging space uh, for the, the operation. So we've taken the step back. We've we've spent a lot of time 
understanding all the different options that might be available. Um, the uh, and what it's essentially meant is that um, we've we've decided to pause mining for the for the moment, uh, but we'll continue to process from uh, stockpiles uh, that uh, that we have on the ROM, and we, we know we've got enough there for, for for a number of months. Should take us through to the till the middle of next year, and uh, and that will put us in a in a good position to to manage our way through the current softness we're seeing in spodumene prices. So uh, pause in mining at the site what does that mean for jobs so the uh we have a little over 300 people on site uh now we have a contract uh model uh, so we have a series of contract partners that uh, contribute to the operations um so when i give that number that's the overall uh, number of people who are on site and you can look the mining team will be one of the largest teams on site so you can probably expect that uh, 40 to 50 percent of the team will be uh, will be impacted through this, and we're just working through that detail with our contracting partners at the moment. So potentially up to around 150 people might lose their jobs. We're working through that with our contracting partners uh, at the moment. Core Lithium obviously uh, promised quite a lot with this mine and the potential of the, the second one to open. Um, it's been backed by the Northern Territory Government. Um, what do you say of, of people in the region who might feel that, you know, this is just a, another big project in the Northern Territory that's, um, you know, promised a lot and hasn't delivered? Well, when you take a look at that uh, from the community's perspective, one of the things I like about the NT and working with the people there is that they are resilient and great problem solvers. And I've seen that in the life of the Finnis project as we've been confronted by our first wet season, as we've started to mine, as we've started to unpack all the various different issues. And you know, the team on site in particular have done a fantastic job of getting their arms around all those issues. And as I said uh, earlier in the call, uh, absolutely got control of what they can get control of and, uh, and started to, uh, to put together a very professional uh, mining operation and have delivered in that space. Um, you know, I am also disappointed to see where the market is at. Um, you know, there's nobody in the NT, there's nobody in Core Lithium uh, that can control the price of uh, of spodumene, and uh, and that's really just the reality of the world that we live in. The um, you know, prices for commodities rise and fall, and we just need to position ourselves well uh, to to weather those uh, those fluctuations. You say this is a temporary suspension of mining. How quickly could things get up and going again if the price of spodumene rises? So our, our, our mining contract, uh, we're, we're in discussions with them at the moment. The idea of a pause is to be able to come back uh, relatively quickly when market conditions uh, improve. Um, so the way that we're working with them at the moment, and we're in that process now, is to say, look, how can we pause in a way that gives us that, that option to, uh, to come back? And what is the outlook for the market this, this year? That is a very good question. And um, talking with various different um, forecasters and, and, and analysts, it's actually quite difficult to get a read on what's happening with spodumene. Uh, you know, nobody predicted, you know, an 80 plus percent reduction in 12 months and nobody predicted a 50 percent uh, reduction since the end of uh, end of October. So I think uh, what that says for, for Core Lithium is how do we get ourselves in the best position possible to weather whatever we see in front of us over the over the next uh, year, and um, yeah, I think that's the the best thing that we can do for our employees, our contract partners, and uh, our shareholders in the NT region and community as well. Have mining companies like yours and others around Australia just gone too hard, too fast in trying to 
dig up as much lithium as they can to, to I guess, feed the what was perceived as a big market, especially with the oncoming of uh, electric vehicles and such. Well, I still I still take the view that in in the medium to to long term, you know, the battery mineral space is uh, a space to be. And, uh, and I think it is about um, uh, understanding where the opportunities are for Australia and Australian mining companies and uh, yeah, the employees and the communities that are associated with that. And so, you know, you, you just respond to the, the, the market conditions, position yourself well, and, and that's what a number of uh, companies have been doing. All through last year, Core Lithium's shares were um, pretty consistently shorted um, by some short sellers, betting that the price would go down. Um, Core Lithium was among a number of lithium producers to be short sold. Do you think that had any impact on core lithium? Well, I think, I think your point around the, um, uh, the view that some took in the market that, that there would be, um, be some challenges with, uh, with lithium starting up uh, is true. It was a sector-wide uh, phenomenon. Um, I think, look, at the end of the day, that um, we have people that are interested in, in the lithium shares and, uh, and we have others that uh, want to bet against it. Um, you know, that's really kind of a market issue. As you said, there will still be some processing of the ore that has already been mined on site there. Do you expect that to be shipped this year? Are there contracts still in place that you have to fulfil? Yeah, we've, we've got contracts uh, to, to fulfil and we do, do plan to produce... Uh, the, uh, the concentrate from the ROM stockpiles and when we have sufficient stocks to get us through till uh, we expect the middle of the year. Uh, roughly how many shipments do you expect that to be? It's roughly once a month, not quite, but roughly once a month. And with the suspension of mining operations at the Grants Pit, uh, what needs to happen to, to make sure it's safe um, to, to sit there and care and maintenance? So water management is, is quite key and then uh, monitoring walls and roads and, and maintaining uh, those, uh, those particular aspects of the pit. And obviously, um, you know, we we'll, we'll want to make sure that it's in a safe state. I, I completely understand the impact um, on the local community and the NT and our employees. It's something that um, I don't take uh, lightly at all. Um, I, um, I'm, it's not a decision that we would like to make, but it is one that's necessary in the in the current markets. And we will uh, work very hard, rest assured, to ensure that uh, the right decisions are made to preserve value and options. Options should the markets uh, improve for uh, our products. Gareth Manderson, he is chief executive of Core Lithium, which is the operator of that lithium mine out near Barno Harbour, near Darwin. The news out today is that the company has decided to suspend mining operations at, it, at its Grants Open Pit Mine. This follows the decision to stop work on its new underground mine next door. Coliseum says it will continue to process stockpiled ore at the site. It says it has enough to last to about middle of this year. But the very sad news in all of this is that, as you heard there, Gareth say around 40 to 50% of the mines, roughly 300 workers, will lose their jobs. That is a terrible news for those people and a bad start to the year. Um, as we heard, Core is hoping that the price for lithium spodumene, which crashed pretty sharply last year, will rise and it will be able to reopen. We'll have to wait and see how long that takes. The uh, share price stock market is reacting to this news.
called their SIM share prices down around 10% today, trading at about 24 cents per share. G'day, my name's John Lyon and I work with compost in the Northern Territory to help farmers improve their soils. Compost and mulches are absolutely essential to good farming in hot climates like ours. And you're listening to The Country Hour. My name is Dan Fitzgerald. Thanks a lot for your company. If you were tuning in to try and get the cricket, the test between Australia and Pakistan in Sydney, it's on a lunch break at the moment. We'll be taking you back to ABC's grandstand coverage of that match uh, in about 15 minutes' time or so at 11.35. Australia went to the lunch break, four wickets down, 199 runs. Travis Head is on six. Mitchell Marsh... Also at the crease on six, they're chasing down Pakistan's 313 runs here on the third day. Well, the Territory's mango season is pretty well done and dusted, has been for a while now, but there are still mangoes being picked over in Western Australia's Carnarvon region. But in a bit of a similar story to here in the top end around Darwin and and Catherine, volumes are significantly down on previous years. Uh, The ABC's Xander Sapworth-Collis, he caught up with Carnarvon grower Eddie Smith to check in on his harvest and how it was faring. In December, we got early December, we got a four-day period of over uh, around the 42, 43 degrees. And on two of those days, five o'clock in the afternoon, it was still 42 degrees out here. We lost a significant amount of fruit, a significant amount. But um, I estimated at the time we'd probably lost close to 50%, and I'm I'm saying we probably have, yeah. Going on what we've we've picked to date when we're well into the the harvest, so, yeah, I'm I'm thinking we're still, I'm still saying probably around 50%. Eddie takes me through his rows of mango trees pointing out the mangoes with burnt skin. It's around half his crop, but all in all, he says the market's performing well. It hurts a bit, but having said that, the, our quality of what we are picking is very, very good. We're getting close to 75 to 80% grade ones, which is great, which is to see an improvement in the value. And unfortunately, the weather events in Queensland might have had an impact on the market as well. Our returns have been, we've, we've had very little at the moment, we've only had one set of returns, but that's been very good. Yeah, it's a bit of the highest we've seen, the highest we've seen on our returns ever. So, um, yeah, the average return on grade ones on that one return we've had to date was well over the $40 mark. Eddie says the different varieties of mangoes are performing well. KP's performed extremely well for us. Um, we didn't have enough, we, <laughs> disappointingly. Um, and the larger counts in the KP's performed extremely well. Uh, the R2E2's, I don't know yet. Uh, our guy in the markets is talking reasonably uh, better prices than we normally see, so that's, that's pretty positive. Um, and then the other grades... It's too early to tell. Not the other varieties, sorry, not the grades, the other varieties. Because it's an early season, Eddie expects there may only be a couple of weeks left. Um, For us, we've probably got another two or three weeks, maybe a little bit longer. We started earlier than expected. 22nd, 23rd of December. Now, I wasn't expecting 
on the timing when when the trees flowered and the fruit set started, I was expecting to start now, not you know, prior to Christmas. And that was with its own problems, having people knocking off for four days for Christmas and no freight. And, but we had fruit ready to go and we had to get it off. So Adrian Farchic is a sales manager at the produce distributor Mercer Mooney and he says the early season has in some ways been beneficial for Carnarvon growers. Some of the stuff that was ready before Christmas, so the season started a bit earlier than usual, like things were a bit more advanced. So early fruit, especially pre-Christmas, because there was a bit of a gap from um, Kununurra and the Northern Territory, did really well price-wise. And um, the fact that it was good to see some cadaver mangoes out there that people could eat at Christmas. And yeah, pricing-wise pricing was, was really good before Christmas. Um, Post-Christmas, as the volumes have come through, it's, it's come back a bit, but still, you know, I think compared to past seasons, I think it's pretty strong compared to sort of the same time in previous years. Um, so I think a lot of the volume, early volume got chewed up by Christmas, so we weren't fitting on stuff post-Christmas where it sort of slows down a little bit. On a, on R2 mangoes, we've been anywhere from two as high as five, sort of a piece, I suppose, if we put it that way, depending on size and quality and things like that. Adrian says the quality of the produce has been great as well. Eating quality, uh, there's been a bit of a smaller size profile this year on fruit, but eating quality, it's been brilliant, so... Yeah, they're all eating really well. There's some, you know, some of the tree ripe stuff down here. You know, you can smell it from a mile away. It tastes amazing. So, you know, I mean, it's not hard to get a really nice tasting mango, but you know, in Carnarvon they do grow some of the, some of the sweetest ones um, that I reckon you can get. Adrian Farsich, he's a produce distributor. Ending that report there by Xander Sapworth Collis. So a few mangoes still coming off in the Carnarvon region, but yeah, sounds like they've been hit hard by the heat and. Yields down quite a lot there. It is 23 past one here on the Country Hour with me, Dan Fitzgerald. Hello, uh, my name is Inamalakumana and I'm one of the Hidalgo Rangers from Northern Arnhem Land and you're listening to the Country Hour. Let's head out to Kakadu now where there's a bit of a rare site for January the East Alligator River, it's normally it's bursting its banks this time of the year with all the wet season rain that flows down that river from all the stone country. Well, as we know, hasn't been a hell of a lot of rain so far and that means the river has dropped enough for the gate to Cahill's Crossing to be unlocked and the Onpelly Road is now passable at the crossing with an eight-tonne vehicle restriction. Uh, Andy Ralph is a long-term resident of Kakadu National Park. He told Annie Brown that he's only seen Cahills open in January at a handful of times. Well, unusual event for January. Um, they've unlocked the gates and we're now driving across the East Alligator River. Um, I say unusual, but not... Uh, I mean, it has happened in the past. I've been living out there for 35 years. I lived at the East Alligator River Ranger Station for about 10 years back in the 90s. It happened once or twice back in those days, and then there was no gate. The gate's only been put there by Dipple, BT Roads, in the last 10 years to stop people from, you know, from madness and stupidity. Some people try and drive through a metre of water. But remember, it's not just the depth of the water, it's the velocity. So the flood water really roars out, or when the tide turns, you know, we're 82 kilometres inland from the Arafura Sea, and uh, when a big tide, seven metre tide, uh, it will roar all the way up to a 100 kilometre mark. 
and as it turns the water then flows very fast coming out so a lot of new players have been caught unstuck even uh, the water's only half a meter if you put a road vehicle like a commodore or a falcon through that you'll get washed off so in the last 10 years nt roads have put a, a locked uh padlocked gate there and when it gets down to point six they instruct the Cagadoo Park Rangers to unlock the gate and allow normal traffic to resume, albeit with an eight-ton road limit on the uh, on the road. Wow. And so it's a bit unusual for, for January. How many times have you seen it open this time of year before? Oh, probably in my 35 years out there, probably three or four times if you're lucky. Um, yeah. We've had a break in the traffic, a break in the weather. It's been uh, we had a reasonable start, October, November, not too bad. Pretty patchy, but right now. Uh, sun's out, not a cloud in the sky. So we had a bit of rain in Jabiru last night, but there's no gauges up in the rock country. Um, and you really can't tell, apart from looking at the rain radar, how much they've had. So the, there's been hardly any rain the last uh, week or two. But the Bureau are forecasting um, rain is coming next week. Also, we've got neat tides at the moment. Uh, there's a new moon next Thursday. As tides build, that will also hold the flood water back. So I expect... Um, uh, the, the the level was only 0.4 yesterday at low tides. So I expect as tides build, as rain kicks in again um, after this weekend, I expect the road will be closed again. So look, I think this window of opportunity and tradies are using it, trucks are coming in, you know, under eight tonne with uh, more building supplies for Gumbalanya. Uh, and people have, some people haven't got their vehicles out. Some people like to have their cars parked at the Jabiru airport. So they can fly to Jabiru. It's only 10 minutes in the air from Gumbanya to Jabiru, then drive their car to Darwin. So they'll use this window opportunity only two or three days, maybe four at the most, I would think, to uh, normal business re- <laughs> normal business will resume uh, during this period. But it won't be long. Rain will kick back in, big tides, and next week the gate will be locked and it'll be all over. Once it comes up again this time, then usually that'll be it mm. till February or March. So I, I guess a bit of a sign of a dry, wet season out in Kakadu. Totally. We probably haven't looked at the figures the last uh, week or two, but we'd be definitely 200 mil behind the eight ball. I'd be thinking, um, as I said, October, November, not bad. Look, the, the clue was uh, normally East Tigo River starts flooding in October, late October, uh, November, um, and you'll see fresh water coming down, and usually the, 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 the gate is locked. In, um, in November. This year, it was the first week of December. Um, it went to two metres. Uh, it, it will go to five or six metres. If you're familiar with the area, uh, water will go all the way up to the border store, which is several hundred metres. So the, the river will be several, several hundred metres wide around the Carl's Crossing area. Uh, it hasn't got to that stage yet. The highest it got was two metres about three weeks ago. But uh, we need substantial rain to get back to where we were. So we we're a month behind the eight ball. Mm. And as the Bureau keeps saying, no sign of the monsoon. No sign of the monsoon. Yeah, it's a bit troubling, isn't it? It's I, And it's so hot and sticky. Look, uh, <laughs> I don't know so, my age kicking in or what is, but what the trade-off is, we've had the most magnificent electrical storms. You know, Namagon, the lightning man, he's out every night going off his nut. He's been, it's been brilliant electrical storms, frightening. Power's gone out, you know. We, I had no power for 24 hours one day last week. Uh, uh, there's lightning bolts hitting the ground. It's fantastic. And, of course, when the monsoon kicks in, a lot of that goes. 
So we're enjoying the electrical storms, if nothing else. Well, it's one silver lining. Andy, is there anything else you'd like to say or mention you think is important to get across? If you do drive across, uh, two questions. Do I really need to be there? And, you know, we always see it. Um, a lot of new drivers overestimate uh, their experience or their uh, the capability of their vehicle and underestimate the power of the water. It's not about the, the height, the, you know, the level. It might only be 0 0.6, 0 0.7, but if it's roaring out at... Uh, at uh, 10, 15 kilometres an hour, that's when you're in trouble. It's velocity of the water and the and the height which will, will do you in. So be careful. If you've never driven the cross cars crossing before, wait there a bit. Watch other cars go through first. Have a look, see what they're doing. And don't rush. First gear, uh, we, we are recommending high-level four-wheel drives only, so a Land Cruiser or similar, uh, not a small, even a Hilux would be touch and go. Definitely no road cars or Commodores or Falcons, uh, they'll be washed off straight away. But um, uh, take a steady, four-wheel drive, lock the hubs in. Uh, I like second gear, low range, best gear best gear in the box. If Once you break traction, if you get wheel spin, that's when you go. That is Andy Ralph there. He's a long-term resident of Kakadu, speaking to Annie Brown about the fact that the uh, East Alligator River it uh, hasn't had a great wet season so far. It's um, yeah dropped enough for the Cahills Crossing to reopen. Uh, time now on the Country Hour to check in in what's happening with the weather. Uh, we've got Rebecca Patrick at the Bureau today. G'day, Rebecca. How are you? Yeah, good. Thank you, Dan. That's the way. Um, yeah, as we've heard, um, East Alligator River hasn't had a huge amount of rain uh, this wet season so far, but there were a few storms last night. Uh, what can you tell us about some of the best... Rainfall figures. Yeah. Um, uh, good news is that we might start to see a little bit more rainfall coming up this week. But in terms of the last 24 hours, we have seen some reasonable rainfalls. Um, Wildman Ranges came in with 97 millimetres to 9am this morning. Um, so some good rainfall there. Uh, also... Um, Upstream of Catherine Sliesbeck uh, had 60 millimetres and Conway's with 49. Um, you mentioned uh, East Alligator Jabiru, uh, which is probably our closest station there, uh, received 29 millimetres um, from, from uh, the storms yesterday there as well. Yeah, okay. And um, in the next, this afternoon, in the next few days over the weekend... Is there much rain on the horizon? Yeah, it's looking like we will see uh, showers and storms pretty much throughout the Territory for the next um, two or three days. Uh, we've got a couple of troughs moving through the south of the Territory that's helping to uh, drag all of that um, moisture southwards. Um, so, yeah, expecting some, some good rainfall across the top end over the weekend. Um, we The storms will be fairly slow moving, which means that they will dump a bit more rainfall. Um, so should start to see some, some healthy rainfall um, numbers across the top end, uh, but also further south as well as we go into the weekend, um, that trough uh, starting to move up into the central districts um, from Sunday, Monday. Um, so um, potentially some more rainfall through the Barclay as well. Okay. And uh, yeah, potential for rain in the southwest. Um, how much could there be for the for central regions? 
Yeah, uh, so there is a risk for severe thunderstorm warnings again uh, later today across the southwest Lasseter district. Um, so there is potential for heavy rainfall out of those as well as damaging winds and potentially even um, some hail. Uh, so be mindful of that in the, the Lasseter district. Um, and that risk will also be uh, extending eastwards across the weekend into the Simpson district. Um, so yeah, be aware of potential for those thunderstorm warnings coming out. Um, in terms of uh, rainfall, um, yeah, probably we'll see more rainfall um, further north than those southern districts. Um, but yeah, still could see some isolated heavy falls there. Okay. And for those uh, looking at the weekend ahead um, and might want to get out on the boat, how coastal waters? Uh, yeah, on the coastals, um, not a lot of wind out there at the moment. Um, on Darwin Harbour, uh, looking at those winds being um, west to northwesterly, generally only about 10 knots. Um, maybe the sea breeze might get slightly over that. Um, uh, off the west coast, similar story with those west to northwesterly winds. Uh, in the Gulf of Carpentaria there is a weak ridge but all that's doing is really changing the direction of those winds um, getting a bit more um, northwest to northeasterly direction uh, perhaps getting up to 10 to 15 knots at times. Okay no worries well thanks for the update Rebecca. No worries thank you. Uh, is Rebecca Patrick there at the Weather Bureau and that's about it for the country hour for today. Uh, we'll take you back to ABC Grandstand's coverage of uh, the uh, men's cricket team Australia v Pakistan at Sydney. I'll speak to you back on the normal time at 12.30 on Monday.